If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Look, I don't think, I don't care who you are, you can't tamper with the ball. Good evening. 93 football fans are dead after Britain's worst sporting disaster. Did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? The yes. investigation finds that Tom Brady likely knew that Patriots staff tampered with the I can't find one person, not one, that knew anything about it. Hello and welcome back to The Simbin, the podcast where we unpack sport's biggest scandals. This week, we are looking at the University of Louisville's basketball sex scandal, which was uncovered in 2015. This centred around prospective and former players being given inappropriate benefits by members of staff. The story involves sex, underage drinking, bribery and corruption. I'm your host, Thomas Schlachter, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Harvey Dorsett. Hello. And Pete Syme. Hello. The year's 2013. Blurred Lines is topping music charts, Frozen has just been released, and Sir Alex Ferguson has stepped down as Man United manager. In this same year, the University of Louisville were crowned NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Champions. And now the Louisville fans are up at the Georgia Dome because they know it. The hand in to Smith, the Cardinals, with 1.1, the clock stop, are on their way to becoming NCAA champions for the third time in their school history. This was the university's first championship win since 1986 and was wildly celebrated in Kentucky. However, this historic victory would soon be marred by controversy. Let's start by setting the scene a bit about college basketball in America and why this turned into one of the biggest sporting stories of the past decade. Harvey? College sport in the United States is a multi-billion dollar industry and produced a revenue of $18 billion in 2019. For some comparison, the Premier League contributed £7.6 billion or $10 billion to the UK economy in the same year. The University of Michigan American Football Stadium has a capacity of over 107,000. Wembley Stadium can only hold 90,000. Basketball itself is the second most popular college sport after American football, and both are almost at the level of professional sport. It's obvious college basketball is huge. How is a scandal like this allowed to take place when there's so much public scrutiny on the sport? Well, up until last September, the NCAA rules emphasised that team members were student-athletes. Despite the money flowing into collegiate sports, the faces of the franchises were not entitled to a single penny. Not from merchandising, sponsorship deals and certainly not a salary. But team coaches always had a way around the rules. SB Nation published a story in 2014 about what they called the bag men. And these were people whose job was to pass bags of cash to players, whether it be for living costs or luxury. But where the NCAA's law book becomes most severe is when this turns into bribery. As universities compete for the most talented high schoolers, they will often do anything to convince prospective recruits to play for them. Which brings us to Louisville. Okay, so from what I understand, this story came to light in 2015 after Katina Powell, who ran an escort service in Louisville, alleged that she had been asked to provide prostitutes for the basketball team. Yeah, that's right. So based on excerpts from Powell's diaries and journals, a book called Breaking Cardinal Rules, the pun being the Louisville Cardinals was the name of the teams. So this book was written by Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Dick Cady. And Yahoo Sports were the first to break the news, having got wind of this extensive investigative piece before it was published. It's a really interesting read. It's like 140 pages long, but it not only discusses the basketball scandal, but was also praised for this unprecedented insight into the sex trade. But Powell is portrayed as a, a far from innocent character because the book is pointing out her own vices or iniquities, so to speak. 
She's a very controversial figure with her own three daughters actually working for or with her in the escort business. And um, she doesn't shy away from being provocative either, saying, for those who have a problem with this, kiss my ass. Brings a whole other meaning to the keeping it in the family, doesn't it, Pete? <laughs> it does, yeah. Yeah, it does. And that's, that's part of what, you know, the population of Louisville hated her for bringing this story to light. But also, there aren't a lot of redeeming qualities about her. But the way this all seems to have come to light is based on one racially charged comment which outraged Katina. After a couple years of business, one of the coaches said that they weren't getting enough for their money and needed, quote, clean white girls that are down to fuck. Well, bit of a curveball you throw me there, Pete. Um, moving swiftly on, Harvey, who was it that was actually running the operation at the university? So Andre McGee, who was a former player turned graduate assistant and later the director of basketball, was responsible for organising the parties that Powell's escorts worked at. Powell's story suggests that McGee was the ringleader. She said, quote, McGee was in control of a lot when it came down to the dorm. While they were dancing, Andre would find out which dancer each recruit and player wanted to have sex with. Then he would work a side deal with me to negotiate the price. There were 22 nighttime parties over nearly four years. Initially, the escorts were using the side entrance to the dorm, and McGee would tell them to cover up. But before long, they were using the main entrance, and the security guard never said a word. So it sounds like a, uh, a lot of the staff were involved in this. Pete, how involved were the players and recruits? And they must have all been pretty young. Yeah, so they were 17 years old, drinking Grey Goose vodka and jello shots at these dorm parties. You know, and remember the legal drinking age in America is 21. But the most famous name involved in the scandal would be uh, Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell? <laughs> yeah, yes. Of the Charlotte Hornets, former sixth man of the year. Magruder to Montrez. Drives on Adam to the end He's certainly a character on the court, his old Montrez. Seems like he's a bit of one off of it as well, eh, Pete? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he officially committed to play for Louisville just three days after the party. And uh, when he was contacted for the book, for, you know, the official right of reply, request for comment, he said he didn't know anything about these dorm parties arranged by McGee. But the book actually does have pictures of him alongside some of the escorts. Yeah, something's not adding up there. No, no, exactly. Um, but in terms of what actually went on, in terms of being young, it's some quite striking scenes that are painted from uh, Katina's diaries. She tells one story about one recruit's mum coming back to the dorm to get her son and McGee quickly telling this kid to get dressed and get out. But there's this, this great quote from her where she says, the looks on these kids' faces was sometimes heartbreaking because it was all too much for them. Think about it. You're a senior in high school and you get the opportunity to have sex with these highly experienced females and you don't want to say no because it makes you look soft in all areas, so you have to do it. There were times when I would look at the recruit's face and they would look so lost. A high school kid, some you could tell it was their first time sexually. Yeah, I mean, most of these recruits were only like 16 or 17, like children really. And one 16-year-old recruit told the NCAA that McGee handed him a condom and told him to wait upstairs. And he said, quote, one of these girls came up to my room and I didn't really say much. She was just like, you're nervous. You don't have to do this if you don't want to. And I was like, all right, well, I'm fine then. She was like, well, it's nice to meet you. And she left. So believe it or not, I've actually done my own little bit of research on this. Oh, I know. Hard to believe. <laughs> um, but something I found really interesting was about Rick Pitino. 
who I believe was the Cardinals head coach at the time. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and it seems like he's up to his eyeballs in it, his old mm. Rick. Dirty dog. <laughs> in 2003, he had an affair with Karen Seifer, who later accused him of rape and claimed that Patino had paid her 3000 US dollars to have an abortion. Yeah, and w- one of the very interesting things about that is I believe Karen Seifer was actually the wife of the Cardinals' team equipment manager. So it's wow. not just Patino as well. It's all going on within the, this Cardinals organisation. You know, there's something not quite right. Mm. Certainly, there wasn't just basketball being played, was there? There wasn't. There certainly wasn't. And now, a bit I saw was this, where the case gets very messy was because Cypher was recently found guilty of extortion after demanding almost $10 million from Patino in exchange for her silence about her affair. Then in 2017, it was revealed that the FBI were investigating the University of Louisville for paying $100,000 to a basketball recruit's family. And again, that goes back to what we started with about how big the NCAA business is, that they're paying that much to just to try and, try and recruit someone. And I also found out that Mel Code, who was at the centre of this story, alleged that Patino had been directly involved in this payment to the recruit's family and had actually been the one to sign it off. So is there any chance that Patino was also involved in the prostitution scandal? I think he's definitely got his foot in it somewhere. Um, Afterwards, he said about the NCAA that he'd completely lost faith in them um, and that the sanctions they placed were over the top. McGee was often presented as the scapegoat in this situation. You know, he was the face of it. He was the guy who was organising for the escorts. Powell seems to have a bit of sympathy for him, actually. She says, deep down, he was under a lot of pressure from the coaches. He always said his job depended on this kid signing. You could lick into his eyes and see the loyalty he had for Patino. To him, he was just doing his job. But then another scandal, which tells you that it wasn't just McGee. He got another job for another university over in Kansas by the time this scandal was dying down. But Powell notes that somebody at Louisville must have contacted him, even after he wasn't employed there anymore, in order to try and get more escorts. So McGee's working for another university and then is still texting Powell saying, you know, can we, can you bring some escorts up to the university for some more recruits? And it gets something out of a mystery drama here. Powell describes this mystery man who quickly hurries off and she doesn't get a good look of his face, who hands her $200 cash. So there's something going on behind the scenes. We don't quite know what happened, but even after McGee had stopped working there, someone got in contact with him and said, how are we going to get some more escorts? Wow. Very interesting, Pete. Yeah. Good find there. So, thank you all for tuning in and listening to the Louisville sex scandal episode of The Simbin. I hope you all enjoy it. Thank you to producer Tessa for her hard work behind the scenes. Thanks to my co-host Pete and Harvey. And we'll catch you on the flippity flop. See you later. <laughs>